NWP Radio. You're listening to NWP Radio, a production of the National Writing Project. NWP. Welcome, listeners. This is NWP Radio, a production of the National Writing Project. Today is September 11th, and we are talking about how we support youth to use writing as a tool to advocate for a better world with teachers literally around the world. I'm your host, Tanya Baker, at the NWP in Berkeley, California. And I'm so excited to welcome my friend and colleague, Bryn Oram, co-director of the Greater Madison Writing Project, and Sadaf Khan, English supervisor and IB teacher at TNS Beacon House in Lahore, Pakistan. Let's start, if it's okay with you, by having you each tell me a little bit about yourself. Like, what is your history in teaching or in education? Okay, thank you, Danya, for your lovely introductions. It's so excited to be here. Um, I think my teaching history it would be going back uh, at least two decades. I was in Sydney for nine years, and so teaching there and studying there for um, most of those day years, and uh, been in Pakistan for the last nine years as well. And I'm teaching at uh, TNS Beacon House, which is the new school, since 2014, and it's five years now since I've been here. Yeah. And Bryn? Um, thanks for having us, Tanya. Um, this is really exciting. Uh, I am um, currently working for the Greater Madison Writing Project um, in the School of Education um, Office of Professional Learning and Community Engagement at UW-Madison. Um, and I have been a member of the Greater Madison Writing Project since its beginning 10 years ago. Um, and uh, prior to working full-time for the Writing Project, I have been a high school English teacher for 12 years um, working in Wisconsin schools. Excellent. And um, I think you've both said what you're doing now. So I'm going to ask you this question. If you were not talking to me right now, what would you be doing on a typical Wednesday or Thursday at this time? Okay, it's 8 p.m. in Lahore, Tanya, and I'm almost shutting down after my long work from home schedule. And uh, my husband and family are having dinner. I've just finished it with them. And so I'm resting now and uh, closing the day. Excellent. And Bryn? So for me, it is 10 a.m. Um, on Wednesday, and I would be working with um, the other co-director of the Greater Madison Writing Project, Mark Jages. Um, we are uh, wrapping up our summer PD um, and youth work, so it's like a cleanup crew of mm. all the stuff we didn't get to during the summer, <laughs> um, and also planning for a school year that's going to be a really strange one, um, trying to be flexible and work with lots of schools doing lots of different things. Yeah, it seems like we're all in for a wild ride, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, we are here tonight, really today, this morning, whatever time it is, um, to talk about Rise Up and Write. Um, so Bryn, could you tell us a little bit about Rise Up and Write? Yeah. So when I came to work for the Greater Madison Writing Project, one of the uh, sort of inaugural projects that I picked up was um, a youth advocacy writing summer camp um, that we uh, received um, grant funds to start um, in 2017. And um, it 
came together really quickly uh, with a group of amazing educators from our site, um, 16 students, um, and we launched the first summer session, which was two weeks in 2017 um, on campus in a little computer lab in um, a library at UW-Madison. Um, we really wanted to uh, work with students who were interested in a variety of different uh, social issues. And the goal was to help them see how they could use writing to create change for things that really mattered to them. So each of the students came in with a topic that they cared about. Um, and then we had created a sort of series of activities. Um, we weren't sure how things were going to work out that first year. It's like teaching a class for the mm -hmm. first time. Um, and so we did a variety of things from mental modeling, um, different ways to think about big issues and to think about audiences. Uh, a lot of research activities to become really well informed on these topics. And um, ways of thinking about writing as uh, really action-oriented. So it was important to us that students were moving beyond just asking people to get informed. Um, and that we were also helping students really write um, with a sort of future-oriented perspective to say like, there's um, we can do better and here's how we get here. And so really from a, a very sort of positive and assets-based perspective, thinking about how do we invite people into caring about these issues and joining us in the work that matters. Um, so we uh, it got to the end of two weeks and as a new full-time writing project person um, and somebody who's just made this summer camp that it seemed like it was really successful. We got to the end of the two weeks and the kids were like, okay, well, what's next? What are we doing next year? What are we doing this year? What are we doing beyond this? And I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> I thought I just made like a fun summer camp for a couple of years. <laughs> And it was quite clear that, it, that they didn't want to stop. Um, and then in their reflections about the summer experience, it was also really clear that it meant a lot more to them, that it had really changed the way they thought about themselves as writers and as young activists. And it had changed um, the way they thought about the world. Um, and I think all my, myself and um, my co-facilitators were pleasantly surprised um, and really excited to know that we had inadvertently started something that uh, really had a lot of potential for growth um, beyond just that first two-week session. And I know in your place it has grown a lot, but also suddenly <laughs> it's around the world. Uh, how did you find Bryn and this curriculum that she had built, that they had built? Okay, so, you know, I think it was uh, Mark Childs, who was our fairy godmother, because he, I met him in this DP online training for uh, language and literature. And so we um, were discussing different things. And he said, why don't you talk to Bryn? You're interested in empowering youth voices. You're interested in advocacy. And um, so he just gave me her, her email. And I think it was somewhere in August that I emailed her. I said, I just became the head of the department. So I was curious to, you know, start something that would be um, something I could do across my department from grade six to 10. And also, and we've got this, those of you familiar with the IBDP and the IBMYB program, it kind of encourages a lot of um, community action and service. It 
is you know focused on uh, community service community projects personal projects interdisciplinary learning so in a way i was um quite familiar with you know coming up with my own curriculum um there is a framework that the ib offers you there's no curriculum as such so because we've been free birds for quite some time we've been you know hopping here and there experimenting with a lot of things i thought this would be the perfect opportunity to find someone you know who resonates with me because to be very honest i uh, there's pen pals and there's lots of other um uh, collaboration opportunities i haven't really i think apart from bremen i hadn't really up on anyone who was actually talking about advocacy mm. um really for teenagers you see and that is a time when like brin just said uh, you know they find out about themselves and they find out about the about their world and they're you're not even finding they're making sense of it for the first time mm. as teenagers and they're so passionate and they're so sincere in their you know um desire to do something that i thought that this was a perfect opportunity for us to you know um offer this to our students um and so when i found her we met her on september 11 so that's a happy <laughs> anniversary that is a different history you know so i was really happy you see pakistan has different problems and the uh, interesting part about it is that while we have a lot of international models you know with the un um sdg goals and you've got a lot of international organizations that we introduce our children to with models and everything when it comes to actually applying those models into your own home ground you know uh with where the reality is that it is a third world country where it has many problems and where advocacy is not always the safest way forward then how do you negotiate how do you make sure that the children are actually learning the children are actually advocating something they are passionate about and that you're not going to you know let them down as they go along that path and so it's been like a i would say it's been like a bitter sweet experience to be honest um for me finding mm. brin and i think uh, i'll leave it at that <laughs> <laughs> um So do you want to tell us a little bit more about Lahore in teaching in this space um in Lahore so um so like i said we're used to um creating different kind of units and uh, creative experiences um some of the advocacy when we you know we didn't like bring just mentioned she opened it up to 16 students and i'm sure that the educators are putting in a lot of effort and i remember she told me they you know found out what the issues were and then they curated resources around it we did not have that luxury or that time to do that and so we jumped into it and not did i only jump into it i took my whole department with me and we um you know opened it up from grade 6 to 10 okay and so you've got around 90 kids in each grade and so we are opening it up uh, and we kind of so that was in itself a monster to deal with mm-hmm. uh, however was that all of our teachers suddenly were engaged on different levels uh, you know with advocacy and so and we are all contributing and developing and creating resources and we made padlets and we used all of those and so it was such an interesting coming together of um, ideas and strategies and uh, resources that was really empowering uh, having said that in lahore if you look at we had pollution at that time and so we were looked at air pollution then uh, we looked at child labor there's a lot of uh, issues with reference to child labor there's a lot of issues with uh, reference to um 
uh, child marriages, children were very interested in that. It was interesting mm-hmm. what, what they came up with. And so just to investigate those issues, look at the different stakeholders that are involved, you know, it really allowed our children to, you know, write those articles, uh, the feature articles, editorials, news, uh, writing letters to the editor. We did speeches, we did, um, in every grade, we had a different text. And so what we were doing is that while all English teachers across the globe are expected to teach the, you know, the non-literary text, the language, Mm -hmm. news, media text, doing it in the framework of advocacy and we were doing it in the framework of something that mattered to the children and so the research that was coming in the different uh, voices that they were bringing it was so much more vibrant and alive and it was so much more purposeful and therefore I think it was holistic learning mm-hmm. you see at the as our school, you know the framework demands that there's holistic learning there is international mindedness and there is um, you know you know, you're advocating um, to take guardianship of the planet. Mm-hmm. And so in that context, I felt very, uh, you know, I had like, we were, if you could, you know, those, you see those pictures of two hands wrapping the world around, mm. you know, around. I thought I was holding Bryn's hand from one side and she was holding mine from the other. And Aww. we had this between us. It was so, um, I think I've enjoyed that bonding and knowing that somebody across the planet is going to think about the same issues that I'm thinking of. I would like to share a story though. So, you know, when you jump into such things, um, you do come across children. A lot of our children actually do research. They're picking up a lot of media. And so my concern was that when they looked at gender empowerment, the Me Too movement was flourishing at that time. A lot of children um, came up with a lot of um, uh, texts and which I found was so influenced by social media that I was worried that they were not positive activism. You know, they were like kind of, uh, uh, you know, propounding what they were actually advocating against. Mm-hmm. And so I called up frantically Bryn and I said, what am I supposed to do? And she was like, <laughs> no, this is what we have to teach them. You know, one of the things that distinguishes her from others is that advocacy has to be done with positive vibes. You can't, mm. advocate, you can't advocate violence and you can't justify it ever. So, and that is why I think that um, her whole framework and the spirit that she brings to it kind of resonated with mine uh, in that context, that you um, have to do it with vision and you've got to create a vision that is positive. Bryn, I've watched, I've been so excited by Sadaf's explanation of the work and moving from a 16 person summer camp to 300 kids doing this kind of work in school and I'm watching your face watch too and nodding and I'm just wondering um, what you would what what you want to say in response to um, Sadaf's I mean I know you know it I know you both have wrapped your arms around the globe which makes me feel so much better these times to think of you both on opposite sides of the world with your hands around the globe. But um, what what resonates when you hear Sadaf talk about this work and what it looks like in Pakistan? Yeah, I mean, there's like obviously so many things that are really, really exciting about it. I think a couple of things that feel really important to me are that um, it's really like teaching is really hard <laughs> and it's very easy to um, see things that are different about 
contexts and say, oh, I can't do this because of this, or this won't work because of this. And our contexts are very different in many ways. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I have a summer camp with, um, you know, a high ratio of teachers to students. Students are choosing to come into this. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot that's very different about that. But it doesn't mean that there aren't things that can still translate. And I think that our willingness to say, like, this looks uh, meaningful. How can I make it work in my place? Um, and I think that's what was really rich about our collaboration is that our contexts were very different and will remain to be. Um, but we still were able to collaborate on problems of practice and, um, and issues show up in different ways in different places. Um, and I've learned so much from Sadaf uh, about the work and about what it means to do advocacy work. Um, I have my experiences, but I don't know everything there is to know about this. So by working together, I learned so much more from her um, and so much more about the world and what it means to uh, to really empower young people to have voice on issues that matter in different places means very different things. In Madison, Wisconsin, it's really highly celebrated. And, you know, the more uh, sort of progressive things students are advocating <laughs> for is more celebrated. And I remember one conversation we had where Sadaf said, you know, there were just recently journalists who were disappeared because they were writing about this. So definitely can't have my students writing about this. And I was like, wow, that's a huge reality check for me. And and also reminds me how, in, in, how important it is and how vital it is that, um, Sadaf is is willing to uh, to do this work safely with students, so that because it would be quite easy for someone to say, "Well, it's just not safe," and so we're just not going to do it. Um, but I think the the opportunity to bring students into rigorous academic work around issues that matter to them and impact their lives, and give them the tools and pathways to have voice on those issues is like, I mean, it, it makes the work so much more meaningful. It honors the students who are coming in and really lets us like as educators work with them as partners to support the learning that they are passionate about and want to do. Um, and I think like Sadaf mentioned, I mean, she's doing this in an IB school um, and it, you can you can do this in places where you have lots of other standards and frameworks and things. Um, I think that this is really a testament to showing that like anyone can do this anywhere, and it really matters. It's very important for students to grow up knowing um, that they have important things to say and to know how to have access um, and agency to say those things. I would jump in and say, I think that hearing the two of you talk about the work certainly shows that it can be adapted and done anywhere, but I'm not sure if it shows that anyone can do it because one of the things I'm struck by is um, a sort of action-oriented positivity and future-orientedness that you share and that makes you say when you come up against a struggle, oh, let me call my friend and work through this problem of practice, not, oh, see, it doesn't work here. So there's this, um, all of these things you said that you made a curriculum that 
that it did these things for young people, it seems are, you know, these are sort of baseline um, attitudes and beliefs about kids and about writing and about the world that seem to be necessary to make the work work either in Madison or Lahore. Uh, set off. I know Bryn's already named some significant challenges. You have also named some significant challenges to doing this work uh, in your place. Did you um, come up against other challenges? Um, I think the one of the biggest challenges, like I was telling Bryn, is that okay, we did create an Instagram page for our students to share their work, but then we all realized that uh, we do not have community newspapers like Bryn wanted to publish, uh, mm -hmm. and she that if we do have community newspapers in which children would love to see their work being published. And so because I looked around and I was suddenly struck with the fact that we don't have newspapers for young people mm. uh, or young youth voices, we don't get, they're not being published. And so what we did was we created our own TNS Rise Up and Write magazine, a website. It was, you know, it, Corona and pandemic has just struck us. And so we were like, okay, this is the best time to do it. <laughs> ready to focus and hone in. Let's, so I was already doing this with my MYP and my teachers. And so I took this up with my DP, star, DP students then as their gas project, which is, um, you know, creativity, action and service. And I said, okay, let's do this as our first magazine. And so that was in itself a challenge as well. Um, but how to put work up then the question of, okay, miss, do we put this, do we publish this? Do we not publish this? Mm. And so I just realize how freedom of speech is such a difficult concept to grasp when it comes to publishing. And what is to be published and what is not to be published? What is responsible publishing? Uh -huh. The message that is going across is, is you know, um, that is something that we really need to think about when you are advocating a cause. And I think one of those were some of the uh, biggest challenges. Uh, another thing that was happening while this was going on, and we're juggling these balls anyway, uh, in comes Mohsin Hamid. He's an international uh, writer and um, author as well. And he comes in with his framework uh, of giving students the permission to write. So I said, okay, let me try to put his framework into Bryn's framework. And so I said, okay, we are going to give permission to all our students to advocate whatever they want. And you know, the moment you say that, again, you've opened up conversations that you yourself are not prepared to handle. And so it's such a vulnerable space and an exciting one. But, and so the challenges that come with vulnerability, you know, are, are uh, have their own uh, learnings and lessons to teach you. And I think that is why it has been such a bittersweet affair, like I said, that you learn so many lessons of what you cannot do or what you need to push through or what you need to go back and work on so that this there's a, you know, a pathway that is created for this to happen. So it has really turned my whole um, world around in many ways of how I teach and how do I plan uh, my curriculum to support advocacy as a, you know, as a really, uh, and as an initiative that really matters. Uh, I feel like that description, then you've opened the door to something you're not prepared for. <laughs> you yourself are not prepared for is like the study of eight, every major decision I tried out in my classroom when I was in the classroom. <laughs> like, oh yeah, I didn't know that was going to happen. So given that, Sadaf, uh, tell us why it's worth it. What are some of the successes of the program in, 
Pakistan that you're particularly proud of? Look, I think um, some of the successes are this. The, the, the one thing that comes out of getting involved in, I was mentioning, I was listening to this um, podcast by Hidden Brain in which they were talking about creativity and diversity. And so they were talking about how the more diverse cultures that you engage with, the more creative you become. Mm-hmm. So it was really because once we started doing advocacy, we came across advocacy, you know, we were writing for the news, it was factual, it was non-literary. We started to think about how it could be uh, if we were advocating through art and literature. Mm-hmm. And so we, we came across this idea of advo creation. And, and that, I think, has been something that has been a success for personally for my evolution, I would say, in the sense of just understanding how, um, you know, children have just, we've just had a competition kind of an event and children have, you know, um, made posters and poetry and short stories and even a film on mental health. One of the students, if you look up our, at our Instagram page on the website, on the Adbook Create page, you find those, you know, the winners there. And you see that there's so much potential in teaching advocacy through the news, uh, in teaching advocacy through um, literature and art. That, you know, mm. I think it's enveloped my whole, uh, uh, I would say, uh, philosophy of teaching. And uh, so that's a personal goal or a personal growth for me. Uh, apart from this, I think my whole department, we as a team, ha- are still are now going to do Rise Up and Write every year now with our, te- with our students. And so it's going to be something different. We're going to experiment. And so it's going to grow. And I think anything that is of value is something that grows. So like Jack's beanstalk, you know, mm-hmm. uh, we are hoping that these magic beans are going to grow in the way that they, uh, they're going to, students are going to take it with them so that the education that I didn't have as a child of what to advocate and why to advocate and how to do so is something that at least we're putting this, planting the seeds in our children so that they, they become at least you know, older that they will be able to at least know what the, the values and the issues that they need to fight for. And I think those seeds are my success. <laughs> that is lovely. And Bryn, you must have some thoughts about that. I mean, <clears throat> this metaphor of the magic beans feels really appropriate to me. I wonder if we could just start like, what were the magic beans for you? Where did this, how did you get started with Rise Up and Rain? Um, so in a literal way, <laughs> started because, uh, we, Greater Madison Writing Project was granted money, um, to begin the work with, uh, it was two year grant to do youth advocacy writing. And, um, you know, th- these grants are never like a ton of money, right? But they, right. but they allow you to get started. And, uh, we built off of, uh, a history of youth, um, writing camps that were successful on our site. Um, so we started from a good framework. Um, I was lucky to be able to build a really good team of very thoughtful educators. Um, the grant funding allowed me to take time to learn more about, uh, writing and advocacy work and what that looks like. It was also a very convenient time of like, um, youth advocacy was really booming in the United States and people were starting to listen to young people mm-hmm. in ways that they hadn't before. Um, and so there was lots of interest amongst um, youth to, uh, to, to find different ways to be engaged and involved. Um, and so I really looked to a lot of what uh, 
what were young people doing in the world that was working? Um, what were the adults doing that was helping to support them um, and to partner with them in that work? And um, where are the where are the spaces and places where we can help young people like access tools, build networks, and have audiences um, to be heard? Um, so that you know those those little that time that research those little seeds trying things out um and continuing to learn um from other folks has been has really helped the work grow here um we started with one session um and have grown to offer lots of different kinds of sessions um, focused on um students writing about environmental issues specifically mm -hmm. uh, or human rights issues uh, we had hoped to run um, some new camps this summer but the pandemic uh, has pushed those back um, not forever just for a bit um, but we were also it's funny that this has been Sadaf's path because we were looking at an art and advocacy um, session and also a uh, mathematical activism looking at how we use and share data in different formats um, so that we can really equip students with lots of different tools and mediums and ways of communicating. Um, we take a really broad definition to what writing means mm -hmm. um, because it needs to be broad and we need to reach different people in different ways um, and help kids think really creatively about that. So, um, you know, and then when you share your work, it grows and you learn more and it gets bigger. And I think sometimes people are really tentative to ask for like, oh, can you share that with me? Or can we talk about this? There's also a lot of, I think, sharing in the education world that is like, let me share this Google folder with you. And it's like, great. I have a hundred <laughs> full of, I'm sure, amazing ideas, but it takes more than that to really know and do this work. And so um, I shared a bunch of Google folders with Sadaf, but we also kept talking and meeting and, and sharing questions and ideas. And I think that really is where the growth lies. And of course that takes time and energy, but um, I think the reality of work like this is that we, we want to see it grow. And so I want to share it widely um, and, and help continue uh, creating new ideas and new frameworks um, and new opportunities for, for young people to learn to write in these ways. I'm just going to remind you, Bryn, you just said that on the radio <laughs> to <laughs> so true. many people. Yeah. Happy to share. <laughs> yeah. So Daf, it seemed I, like you were going to jump in. Oh, sorry. I just wanted to say I'm really grateful that Bryn did share because you see you've got so many teachers pay teachers and you've got lots of stuff there that you have to buy. And so when I asked her for it and there she sent me everything and the curriculum and you know the ecological models, the research, the layout and the framework of the whole uh, curriculum that she's designed. It really is something that I think over the years we're going to be, you know, uh, using it to its full value. So I'm really grateful for that. And I think I'm really excited about this mathematical activism, Bryn. Me Let's too. <laughs> that could be our next agenda and science as well. So be interesting, wouldn't it? <laughs> oh, we all can't wait for that. <laughs> uh, before we talk about what's next, Bryn, I, you've already said this, but I feel like I want to... Um, emphasize it here uh, before we talk about the future, which is in that first summer, what did you hope would happen? What were your hopes for Rise Up and Write? 
honestly, <laughs> before the like last day when the kids were like, uh, we're not done. So you better keep saying anything. <laughs> they were, they like demanded it. And I was like, no, we're done. This is the last day. I'm really tired. Um, I was, I was like, I don't know what's going to happen. Like, let's have a great summer camp. Let's have a fun time. Um, let's write some stuff. And I, and it's kind of, it's silly because I grew up going to summer camps. I know how much they matter. Um, and in hindsight, I don't know why I didn't think that it was, it was going to mean more to the kids than, um, I thought it would, I thought it would just be a fun two weeks and then we would be done. And that, that year they insisted that we meet monthly. Um, and they actually, came out. I remember that actually. <laughs> like, what happened? <laughs> you guys still want to hang out with me, but let's do it. Let's do some writing together. What's, what are you working on? You know, in that year, there was um, there were walkouts and protests, and I saw those kids taking leadership roles and organizing their peers and their students and continuing to write for change. Um, and I was like, oh boy, this is, we started something bigger than just a, a cute little summer camp experience. Um, and that's, a, I mean, it's a, it, I, in some ways it was surprising, but it was, it's very welcomed surprise. Yeah. Um, I'm in touch with a lot of students from that first summer and to have seen where they've grown um, and how this work has influenced the way they think about the world is really it's just really incredible. Um, and I think it goes to show too, like giving, giving young people these opportunities has a huge impact um, that lasts in ways that really matter for them. Yeah. And, may, and for all of us, I think, given the world we're living in right now, it seems really important. Yes. So you took a tiny seed, you made a summer camp that might've been cute, that turned out to be life-changing. Sadaf is like, oh, I could use some of those seeds. Now you have this giant Jack's beanstalk. I think that's correct. What's next? So um, for, uh, for us in Madison, um, we, like I said, we had hoped to do some, some different issue-specific or medium-specific work. Um, that has been postponed until next summer. Um, but we are, uh, by, by bringing in different teachers, so bringing in math teachers and science teachers, um, they think about how it works in their own way and they've um, designed new ways of, of doing Rise From Right. Um, so, so we're really excited about that. We've also had awesome opportunities to partner with um, a local art studio um, to, to run the, the art session and our um, our Arboretum in town to run an environment session. So um, one of the things I really like about the work is it helps young people build a network. Um, when we bring in guest speakers, when we um, host sessions in other locations, um, and it helps those people in those locations get to know a group of really cool young people. So we will continue um, expanding and reaching out in those ways um, to build that the work that way. Um, we also are working on, I haven't even told Sadaf this yet, but um, we're going to apply for a Stevens Initiative grant that will host um, an international virtual exchange experience. So um, I'm thinking of this, this work with Sadaf as, as sort of a pilot for what can hopefully become an international um, rise of and right sort of experience for educators to 
um, to come together from different countries um, and work together as educators and then have a parallel experience for their young people um, from around the world. And this is something we haven't gotten to do um, specifically yet is to bring our young people together. Mm. But I, think it would be, I mean, for as powerful as this collaboration has been for us, I think it would be just incredible for um, our oh. students be able to work together and write together um, and learn about each other's places and work. So um, we're really hopeful that we have a good proposal for that um, grant application and hope that we can um, build something even bigger moving forward. So that's what we're working on in Madison. What's next for you, Sada? I think I love this idea, Bryn. Personally, I think I would love to be a part of this international virtual exchange because I don't think we've actually, you know, learned the process or um, in the in the kind of or trained i haven't even we haven't trained in the way that perhaps we would make us more effective um and so i would love to you know have any kind of professional development with reference to this as well for my teachers and for myself but that would you know make us do a better job of it number one um what's next is that we're using rise up and write for a lot of uh, uh, as a platform for a lot of events and a lot of, you know, English department related um, activities. So, for example, we might have debates and we might, and even the children in my uh, DP program started talking about this. Why don't we debate this issue that we are advocating um, in our school debates or something? And so you see, I'm just looking at some of the ways in which, you know, water flows from one end to the other and how things are going to move forward. I don't know how much of it is going to be what I have planned, but I think it has a plan of its own. And I think that is what is important, that whatever you're investing in, is it um, worth it? Is it important? And I think as long as it is, um, wherever it takes me, I'm ready to go. That's lovely. Um, before we go, uh, Sadaf and Bryn, would you offer our audiences any advice about international collaboration? Um, I think the hardest part is working out the time differences. <laughs> time zones. <laughs> and once you get that figured out, it's not hard. I think especially we've all sort of learned this during the pandemic, right? That like um, we can do great work over Zoom and uh, Google Docs um, and sharing things. So it's it's really no different than working with, you know, teachers who live down the road um, as it is working with Sadaf who's on, you know, in, on the other side of the world. Um, it's really, it's really not hard and there's so much to be gained and so much to be learned. And it's beautiful to see, um, to see work grow and transfer. I, I thought a lot about like, my little classroom that we started in and I like imagine Sadaf's classroom and it's, exciting to see that like when you when you share and when you collaborate that like those little classrooms really aren't that far away um even though they are but it <laughs> they are. um i think it's it's very important when you're collaborating with someone is that first of all you have to find the people with whom you can grow in the and you have a similar mindset you have a similar um ethics a similar i guess philosophy and i think once you find them you've got to build it up Okay, so I would think that um, collaboration should be something that grows and helps you both evolve. Um, and because I, it's very rare that you find people who are ready to match pace with you or who are ready to um, 
invest as much into that project as you are passionate about it. And so I think whenever you do, I think you shouldn't, um, you should be, if you want to take off, then you should be ready for the long flight and then you build it up. So I think international collaboration, look, I've grown as an educator myself. I've found what I am passionate about. I'm passionate about social emotional learning. I found people in Australia who resonate with me and, you know, who I'm uh, doing things with in that context. And I think that whenever I found those people, um, it, it, it makes me find out, coming back to what we want the kids to find out, it makes me find out more about myself and what do I, what do I want to do. And so as we grow, it's, uh, we don't have so much time. And so the time that we do have, I think it should be spent well with those uh, who are ready to spend it with us for something valuable. Oh my gosh, that's beautiful and very good life advice, I think. Bryn, you know that many of our listeners will be writing project site teachers and directors. So I feel like we should close with any advice you would offer to writing projects that come out of this that comes out of this work. Um, well, first of all, we're definitely reach out. I'm happy to share uh, our work with anyone who is interested. Um, additionally, I think that there's there's lots of spaces where advocacy writing can live. Um, it can live in a summer camp. If you do summer camps and you um, and you have a framework um, and formats that you can build off of, that's a great place to start. Um, and it can be a great uh, professional development experience for teachers to run those summer camps um, and it's a way for them to to practice things that they can't necessarily do in their classroom or it's maybe that they can do in their classroom just in a different way um, but lead with uh, with what you have um, and and where there are pockets of um, excited and engaged educators around that work um, I mean it, it is rise from right isn't just me um, it is a, a team of very dedicated educators. Um, and so the, the people who are passionate and excited about this and want to come in and try it out and help you learn and see it grow um, and then take it into their classrooms is, uh, that's a great place to do it. But um, if people, if you don't do youth camps, it doesn't mean that it can't show up in a classroom. Um, I think it's really important for, um, for teachers to be Rise Up and Writers themselves. There's lots of important work that we need to be advocating for, for ourselves, for our profession, for our students, for our community, especially right now. And um, it is work that really um, is inspiring and empowering and feels good. Um, so please reach out if there's anything we can do to help you get started. Um, we're happy to share our experiences and excited to learn from other people who are interested in doing the work. Thank you both so much. Sadaf, I know it's probably bedtime or something like that for you. <laughs> Bryn and I are just starting our days. Um, I am really glad to start my day with this conversation. I'm sure it will buoy me up all day. And uh -huh. um, Thanks for the work you're putting out in the world, and thanks for taking the time today to talk to me about it. Thank you, Tanya. Thank you. Thank you a pleasure. You're listening to NWP Radio, a production of the National Writing Project. NWP. NWP Radio.